This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Welcome back, everybody, to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of Ravens Post Game Uncensored on 105.7 The Fan. Here with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports on 1057 The Fan, as well as our Ravens reporter. And Ravens win, beat the Panthers 13 to 3. And Cordell, we talked about this on the on the last podcast when we did our predictions. I said that I didn't think that this was going to be a blowout. Now, I had the, the score wrong because I thought that they was going both score more points. Yeah. But ultimately, I just had a feeling that this was not going to be the blowout that everybody expected. And honestly, when you have a, a team that's a 13 or 14 point favorite, I just feel like that's <laughs> Vegas already giving you some type of voodoo on it to, to make it bad luck so it won't be a blowout. So I just had a feeling it wouldn't be. And then ultimately, you know, it turned out to be that way. Yeah, I mean, you know, this, uh, this Ravens offense – really was non-existent pretty much all game today. Uh, and it really didn't wake up until the fourth quarter. They were able to score the 10 points in the fourth quarter to get separation. But, you know, that was in large part due to the uh, forced turnovers by the defense, yep. this offense. Even the thing they, – they weren't even able to do the things that they are very good at, which is run the ball. This is the number two Russian offense uh, in the NFL – coming into this game uh, against the Carolina Panthers and the Ravens, the, let's see, the Ravens had 115 rush yards. Not bad, uh, you know, but it's not. When, when you look weak. at it, but it didn't feel like it was 115. And that's as yards. a team. That's that's as a yeah. team. I think I think that the Ravens average, you know, about 160, 180 uh, yards on the ground. So that was a win for the Carolina Panthers. They were able to uh, take the Ravens' run game out for most of the game, and what you saw was a lot of punts. I mean, at one at one point we had eleven punts uh, in this game at one point, and it, it just wasn't pretty football from either side. But as I always say, the uglier the better for the Ravens. They usually come out on top when the game is ugly, and that's what they did in this. Yeah, and, 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 you know, since we're talking about the offense, you know, let's go there. You're right that, look, it, it was very ugly. And even with the turnovers that the defense gave them, there were times where they still didn't get points at the end of the game. You know, they were taken out of field goal range 
um, or whatever. And, you know, it just really felt like this was a slow-moving um, team. They come out in the first series and they throw the ball. You know, each each attempt was a, a pass and not a run. And everybody's like, what's going on? And I really think that Greg Roman's um, – what he wanted to do was try to get – the defense of the Panthers off of their guard because coming in with the weather being what it was, it was 35 degrees. It was windy outside. I think that, you know, the Panthers uh, wanted to shut down the run game. That was what they were going to focus on. And if you was going to beat them in the past, then that's just what it was going to be. But they are so fast up front that they were willing to bank on shutting down the run game. And I thought that they did really well with that for the most part. So you try to see Greg Roman, like, take them off of their guard a little bit in that first series. Wasn't successful, obviously. Eventually they had to punt. There was a lot of drop passes, though, in that first series. But mm-hmm. ultimately, you know, I think that this game was ugly because, you know, the conditions kind of forced them to be a certain type of way. And the Panthers were prepared for the way that they were going to play that game. Yeah, I, I'm, I hear you. I do. I want to buy that because that was kind of what I thought it would be coming into the game. But we asked Lamar if the we- if the if the uh, win and everything was a factor, and Lamar was like, you know, I actually thought it was going to be more windy going into the game. He, was, he said he didn't feel like the win was too much of a factor, and I get it. He's he's going to brush off anything that seems like it could be used as an excuse. But honestly, right. you know, the, the, the wind did slow down once the game started. In pregame, neither kicker could hit anything in their pregame warm-ups. The wind was, had really just taken control of the ball once it got up in the air. Uh, but, you know, I, for the Ravens to go their entire opening drive without a without a rush, uh, it's, it's, it's almost malpractice. Like, I understand you want to <laughs> test that secondary. You know, I get it. You, you, we, we thought that they would test that secondary coming into the game because the Panthers had a lot of injuries to their secondary, and they're not a very good pass defense uh, to begin with. They're not a very good statistical defense at all. Um, but to, you, you would think that the Ravens are, would want to come out there and impose their will on the ground game, and they tried. They, I think that they tried, even despite them not running the ball on their first drive, they did try to run the ball throughout the game and just were unsuccessful. And uh, right. Derrick Brown is a beast up the middle. Um, and you you got guys on the outside, Brian Burns, who was really good, not only oh. as a pass rusher, but also in the run game as well. He, he really yep. played out of his mind, I thought, in that game. Um, and just the, the Panthers' defense as a whole, I think that they are faster than we thought. They're stronger yep. than we thought. And obviously the injury to Ronnie Stanley doesn't help. Uh, that'll be the big question. How is Ronnie doing um, going forward? He injures his ankle again. We, we don't know if it's the same ankle from before, but you obviously don't want to hear that. Lamar gave us somewhat of a good news on, uh, on Stanley after the game saying, you know, Stanley let him know that he'll be okay. And uh, he just didn't want Lamar rolling up under him again. And, that was a bad play to begin with. I mean, Brian Burns comes off untouched and yep. gets a clean shot at your quarterback. And then you get a two-for-one special because he rolls Lamar right into Stanley's leg and takes him out. So uh, that was just a terrible play to begin with. I also – and this is kind of this is kind of nitpicking, 
but I, I just couldn't understand why Lamar was still running, why, why they were having Lamar run the ball with under three minutes left in the game when they weren't even trying to get a first down. They were really just right. trying to milk the clock. Lamar's out there just taking hits. And I'm like, you already lost Ronnie Stanley and Kyle Hamilton in this game. You can't afford to lose Lamar ever. Um, it was it was just mind-blowing to me. The offense was so sporadic today. Uh, I, I do want to give credit to Demarcus Robinson. Demarcus Robinson played out of his mind. Uh, only yep. his second career 100-yard game. Uh, but he, he was phenomenal. Nine catches on all nine of his targets, 128 yards receiving. That that was great. Uh, and they needed all of it. Mark Andrews, six catches on eight targets, 63 yards in his first game back. And, of course, after that, it's your usual. I mean, uh, every Duvernay, one catch. Likely, one catch. Crochet, zero catches. Oliver, one catch. Drake, two catches. And Justice Hill, three catches. So, yeah, Lamar went to the check down a little more in this game, but had to. It's, yeah, he had to. Um, and it's 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 still the same questions for me. It's like this pass game is a is a big issue, uh, and really the offense in the in general I thought was a real issue for the Ravens in general in this game. They just look unengaged. They they look like a complacent offense that was okay with settling for punting the ball or taking a field goal if they could. Um, it's, it's, it's not sustainable offense going forward. And, hey, you know, maybe there was a little rust there coming off the bye week or playing a tough and a, a tougher opponent than we thought uh, in the Panthers. But they're going to have to wake up. They go to Jacksonville this next week, and Jacksonville's coming off a bye, so they'll be fresh. They have the opportunity to prep for this team for two weeks. Um, so you're going to get a Jacksonville team that's going to show up ready to play, and I think it's important that the Ravens back there. Yeah, I just I, – I don't know. I don't like the idea that they went into this game saying, well, we're just going to control the clock and we're just going to, you know, grind it out. you got to put bad teams away. You can't play conservatively like that just because somebody is not good. We sat here on this podcast and talked about – you know, the offense and the defense being in the lower 20s. Well, it was hard to tell that the defense was that was in was statistically mm -hmm. in the lower 20s because they played crazy on Sunday. They made sure that the perimeters were sealed for the most part. The front, the, they stopped up the line, you know, the gaps. And, you know, I just don't understand why the Ravens feel like they have to, they, they didn't even wait to up tempo court out until the third quarter. That mm -hmm. offense needed a spark badly. And for whatever reason, they waited until the second half, well into the second half on top of that, to say, you know what we should do? We should run some up-tempo. I don't understand why you wait for something like that. You really needed to try to get into some type of rhythm, some type of groove, because we're saying, oh, it's just the Carolina Panthers. Guess what? The Carolina Panthers, if P.J. Walker – was their quarterback, we might be having a different conversation today. And I don't think that they – I don't – let me be clear. The defense is playing lights out right now. So I don't even know if what I'm if, if that would have been true. So depending on if the quarterback situation was different for the Carolina Panthers, this could have been a different outcome. I'm not saying that they would have lightened up the Ravens' defense, but maybe they would have put up more than three points. So I, I do not like the Ravens being – so conservative and being okay with being so lethargic 
offensively. No, I totally agree. I mean, I, I've been banging the drum all week saying that the Ravens can't come in this game uh, overlooking these guys. And, and, and I'm not I'm not ready to say that they overlook them. I just think that the Panthers played better uh, than what a lot of us thought that they would. I will say, what are we doing on offense as far as Devin du- Duvernay? I mean, again, one carry uh, in the game, and he also he also had one catch uh, in the game for two yards. Only one target for Devin Duvernay and one carry for four yards. I'm actually tired of that. That is so interesting. Yes. Of of Devin Duvernay? Oh, of Devin Duvernay not getting the ball, I guess. (laughs) Yes, of Devin Duvernay, why we all of a sudden we continue to erase him from this offense when we've seen productivity from him. It's crazy. It's crazy, and especially on a day where I feel like, okay, your your typical runs aren't working. Your your offensive yep. line is not manhandling their defensive front. You're not able to really bully ball your way to five or six yards the way that you have been able to for the most part of this season. Why not try something different? I mean, we talked yep. on the post game show. Glenn was saying, you know, he wanted to see more Lamar Jackson on the edge. I would have loved to see that. I would have also liked to see more Devin Duvernay on the edge. Granted, Kenyon Drake started to pop some runs in the fourth quarter. Justice Hill did a couple of times as well. Lamar also popped that nice run, uh, a couple of nice runs uh, in the game in general. But in the fourth quarter, he had a nice one that was called back due to a terrible holding call on James. That was definitely a terrible call. call. Terrible. Yeah, I, I thought that was a bogus call. Um, but you know, I, I just feel like Greg Roman too often is okay with leaving the game with bullets left in his chamber. And I just, for the life of me, for an offense that struggled so much today, uh, yep. why are you okay with keeping guys like Devin Duvernay out of your game plan? Jordan Stout punted the ball seven times in this game, mm. seven times. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I, I can't understand how, again, for an offense that's looking for guys to step up, they're looking for weapons, they're looking for different ways to take mm-hmm. this offense to the next level. You will literally keep this guy hostage and not involve him in the game. I, I just think it falls on the coaching staff. And I've asked Greg Roman too many times. I've asked John Harbaugh the same thing. And, they both continue to say, yeah, we've got to get Devin Duvernay more uh, opportunities. And Greg Roman, the whole, yeah, I made a note to myself, get Devin Duvernay the ball and all these exclamation marks. And it's like, dude, you can give me all the the, the cool quotes, you know, you want. But ultimately, it's going to show on game day. And what game day is showing me is that they don't trust this dude. I mean, what else yeah. am I supposed to think? I mean, at this point, what am I supposed to think? But why? That's my I can't tell you why. I I really don't know why. I mean, the dude knows how to run when he has the ball in his hands. If you want to debate whether or not Devin Duvernay is a quality receiver, fine. I think he has pretty good hands, but I've said from the beginning, his route running leaves a lot to be desired. He's got speed, but he doesn't have lightning speed. You know, he's got twitch. He's good in the return game. Um, but as far as as a route runner, I, he doesn't get a ton of separation. Okay, but there's so many ways you can get him the ball. You can hand it to him. I mean, you, you want to tell me that Terrence Marshall 
is a better receiver than Devin Duvernay? I don't know. <laughs> but from the looks of it, it looks like he might be. You know, it's just it's just crazy to me that this dude is just an innocent bystander in an offense that can look so dry and lethargic and dead at times. I would just imagine that they would be willing to give anybody that can help them an opportunity, but every week they prove to me that I know nothing. Absolutely. I, I agree 110%. I, I have no idea why they don't just look. You know how what they say everything but the kitchen sink? Just throw everybody mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. Look, throw, throw, throw it on the wall and see if it sticks. Seriously. Yeah. Throw, just throw it on the wall. Tyron Wallace, throw it, throw, it, throw it on the wall and see if it sticks. And if it doesn't stick, okay, fine. But you can't say that you didn't try. Y'all not even trying at this point. Yeah. And, and I mean, and that's no discredit to Demarcus Robinson, who I thought had a heck of a day. Um, he should have been involved, Cordell. Yeah. He should I mean, have he, been involved in this yeah. offense. No doubt. No doubt. You know, and I, I, I mean, I said once they signed Demarcus Robinson that, watch out, this dude was going to end up being, if not the number one receiver on this team, definitely then the number two. And, I mean, by default, he's had to be the number one because Rashad Bateman's hurt and – Nobody else is getting opportunity. I can't even say that nobody else is doing anything. I, I can only say that they're not getting opportunities. It's not much separation there in, his, in the routes. Some of the route combinations that they're running in the past game is so ugly. Um, even some of the ones where Andrews, I saw today, you know, Andrews, a lot of it is the scramble drill for him. Some of it is just Andrews making a play and getting separation because he sees Lamar extending the play and Andrews is coming back. So, you know, Demarcus Robinson, a lot of his were timing routes. Um, yeah. Most of these guys, it's just like they're on the field just so that the Ravens have 11 guys out there. <laughs> just running around. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, embarrassing. it's embarrassing at this point. But look, at the end of the day, hey, they scored some points. They won the football game. I guess, I guess we should be happy about it, right? Uh, I, I guess. All right, before we get to our next segment, please make sure that you're subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast so that you can get every episode as soon as it drops. Contrast to what the Ravens did on offense is the Ravens' defense. And man, oh man, this group of guys have played so well over the past six weeks obviously a lot of it has to do with personnel guys coming back guys that came via trade and but also i think coaching has done its itself a a, a, a service as well saw so guys like marlon humphrey get his third interception today i mean there's a lot to be said patrick queen played an outstanding game today with nine tackles um you know i just there's so much great things to be said right now about this defense which is so crazy considering where we were just eight weeks ago it's a completely different team at this point from a defensive perspective no doubt i mean they've they've added you know roquan smith they've added tyus bowser back into the fold um this is a different unit right now uh, than what we saw to start the season. And you and I both said a couple of times how we never really bought into the numbers that we thought that this team was, this defense was better than what the stats would, would tell you. Uh, Patrick Queen, you know, this isn't his first time leading the team in, in tackles. He does it again. And it's even more impressive to me when he's got Roquan on his team now, who leads the NFL in tackles. That lets you know what kind of day 
Patrick Queen was out there having. Um, yep. I, I, I just think Patrick Queen is playing at a very high level right now. And it's not that he's making plays that are new to us. We've seen him make these plays before. It's the fact that he's getting more consistent with it now. It's yep. like an every week thing with Patrick Queen. And I, th- and I think that has been the struggle with him. That's been people's love-hate relationship with Patrick Queen. It's, oh, Patrick Queen looks great today. And then you get to the next weekend, you know, he's missing tackles. He's dropping interceptions. He's just not making the plays that are there to be made. And and this one he did. And not just him. I mean, the defense was so fast. They were so stout up front. This is a Carolina team that wants to run the ball. uh, Dante Foreman, last week, he had 31 carries uh, in that game. Dante Foreman in this one, only 11 carries for 24 yards. They pretty much bottled him up from the opening kickoff. Uh, Baker Mayfield, 21 for 33, a buck 96, did have the two interceptions as well. Baker, Baker's not good. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) Baker's not good. I I used to defend Baker a lot, and and I think uh, some of it to a degree is still, you know, he's been a part of a lot of dysfunctional, both of the the organizations he's played for are pretty dysfunctional. um, I agree. And not a lot around him, so it's tough to really – to really grade him, uh, but the proof is in the pudding. I mean, Baker was giving them nothing all game. He gave them nothing. I thought at some point we might see Sam Darnold because why not? I mean, what are, what are you missing? Uh, what are you, what are you what are you missing by taking Baker Mayfield out of the game? So it was really mind blowing to me personally to uh, to see the Panthers' offense be as non-existent as they were at least in the run game i thought that they would at least put up a fight but even the panthers got away from the run game pretty early uh themselves and once like we both said once the ravens forced them to become one-dimensional the game was pretty much over and he, and that was even with the ravens offense looking like crap for yep. most of the game uh you just knew that the panthers couldn't score they couldn't do anything and you combine them not being able to score points with them continuously shooting themselves in the foot with uh with the penalties that they had uh it, it was just hard to watch both of these offenses out there but yeah i give credit to the ravens defense they continue to impress they continue to get after the quarterback um they have four sacks in this one four combined sacks uh in this game uh two turn two interceptions you got the force fumble by by marcus peters uh, and, and Marlon Humphrey coming and scooping it up. I mean, this defense is playing fast. They're playing physical. And right now, they're the ones that's looking like they're going to lead this team as far as they can go. Yeah, and, and listen, I still think that Marcus Peters is not who he used to be. He, he uh, was having some issues with covering today. Um, uh, he got lucky a couple times because of, uh, the receivers were dropping passes. So that helped. But, uh, you know, Peters is not what he used to be. But that turnover and him punching the ball out really was a big play that was needed um, in that moment. And so that's what you need. Even when guys are with, are, are shells of what they used to be, it, even when they can make those types of plays that can help you change the dynamic of the football game, you know, that's, that's all you ask for at this point. And so, you know, it, it, Kyle Hamilton even, before he went out with an injury, was playing yeah. 
uh, playing well as well, tackling and and such. And so, you know, it, it was really good to see everybody just flying, you know, flying to the ball. Now, again, you're making the point that it's the Panthers. I, I, I don't know. It, does, it doesn't negate anything that the defense has done. Let me be clear. I mean, but the Panthers just aren't good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, particularly on offense, they probably – yeah, they would have been better with P.J. Walker, uh, but he wasn't there, and that's fine, you know. But, you know, look, they did what they were supposed to do, which was not let the Panthers get in any rhythm to try to make this game be one that they would have to dogfight it out. And that was their – that's what they did, and that's all you can ask for at the end of the day. They're still an NFL team as well, the, the Panthers. So, you know, they okay, the shutout wasn't going to happen. It didn't happen. But three points is still very impressive. Yeah, I mean you'll still you'll still take the win, no doubt. Uh, but the defense gives you, you know, reason for optimism, I think. And yeah, Kyle Hamilton, I thought, was playing great in this game. Uh, uh he was a force. He had a you know, he looked good on a couple of blitzes, he's making tackles on screens, he's making open field tackles, yeah. he's getting tackles for loss on run plays. I, I I really feel like this injury came at the worst time for him because he was starting to come into a zone and I felt like every, every week for maybe like the past three or four games I've been saying man that that might have been Kyle Hamilton's best game like I, I feel like he's been stacking games a lot lately so you know Harbs didn't give us any injury updates on any of the guys that got hurt uh in this game but we'll definitely see what he what he has to say as the week goes on and if Kyle Hamilton isn't able to be out there that's going to be a little bit of a blow for them Brandon Stevens was able to go out there you know, he looked pretty decent uh, when he's out there. I like Brandon Stevens, but it's it's it's, it's a little bit of a downgrade right yes. now uh, going from Kyle Hamilton down to him. And you're getting a little thin in that safety room now because our Marcus Williams was already out. Kyle Hamilton, yep. he, he's hurt now. So, you know, that, that safety room is thinning out a little bit. Uh, but – this defense as a whole, I think you feel good. The sacks continue to come, uh, and, you know, they got a, a game next week. They travel to Jacksonville to face those guys, and having to face a team that, again, is going to want to throw the ball a lot is pretty good. It gives you a good feeling to know that this pass rush is playing at the level that they are, and this back-end group is playing pretty good. And Marcus Peters, yeah, he's still, you know, not looking like Marcus Peters of old. Uh, but he's he's good enough <laughs> right now for sure. Um, you'll take it, and it's such a I, I, I say it. I feel like every week it is it's such a good thing to have a guy like Marlon Humphrey, who's on this defense that they can put in a variety of different spots. And yep. not only will he play those spots, but he'll play them pretty well. Uh, Kyle Hamilton have been playing a lot of the nickel late as of late, and with him getting hurt, they had to insert Stevens in there, but. I started to notice on a couple of like third down pass uh, passing opportunities, Marlon is the guy that's playing that nickel spot and they'll move Brandon Stevens to the outside. That's kind of the flexibility that they have with Brandon Stevens as well, because they got him a lot of work in training camp on playing outside corner as well as inside. So uh, it's good to have that flexibility and within your secondary to be able to move guys around like that. And they're going to have to, especially as this season goes on because injuries are inevitable. Absolutely. And, and and as great as the defense has played, Chuck Clark, you got to play better, baby. This was not one of your better games. 
you gotta be a bet. You gotta play better. You know, it, 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 this was just not a, a good game for him. The penalties, the you know, mm-hmm. the the situational defense that he was in. Just, I'm just hoping that this was just, you know, one of those times of like, oh, all right, we coming out of the bye. I'm rusty, you know, yeah. and and I'm I'm trying to get myself back together. That was the one thing that I was like, okay. Chuck got to do better than this, and I'm and I would like to think that down the line he'll he'll be better because he can play at a high level. But today just wasn't one of his best games for sure. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully we'll we'll see a, a better Chuck Clark against Jacksonville because we're gonna need it. No doubt. And before we get to our last segment. Have you made sure that you're subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast? Make sure that you are so that when Rita and Cordell have new episodes, you will be the first to know. All right, so we talked offense. We talked defense. This was a hard game, Cordell, (laughs) to find somebody. But there's a couple guys that I believe um, deserve a pat on the hat. So I'll start with you, um, Cordell. Who would you give your first pat of the hat to? Uh, not many guys to give one to on the offensive side of the ball. It's really only one uh, in my mind. I'm, I'm going to give it to Demarcus Robinson. Demarcus Robinson really, you know, he showed up uh, for these guys again. And it seems like his best games are when nobody else is really stepping up to do much on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but Demarcus Robinson, nine catches, 128 yards, caught all nine of his targets. I mean, he's been very reliable for Lamar when Lamar has gone to him and trusted him. And it seems like when Lamar goes to him, he goes to him a lot. Um, so, you know, Demarcus Robinson was always there. He made himself available uh, to him, and he caught everything that's thrown his way. And for an offense that needs guys to step up on the outside at the receiver position, he continues to do it. And this is a guy that they were able to snag at the on the back end of training camp, back in the preseason where he's getting cut by the Raiders, who stink too. You know, they, <laughs> they could probably use him. They could honestly probably use Demarcus Robinson. But, you know, he's been able to come in and pretty much jump into this offense and 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 be a key piece for them. And like I said, I mean, if this, this past game has a lot of work to do, but right now, it feels good that they that Lamar at least has very good rapport with at least one of these wide receivers right now. I know he's glad that he's not with the uh, the Raiders oh, right yeah. now. They they ain't they ain't doing so hot even with Devontae Adams. Uh, my uh, pattern my hat obviously is going to go to Patrick Queen. We talked about him in the last segment. You know, again, I said nine tackles, um, half a sack. He's just playing at such a high level. I, and this is the guy that many of us thought that he would be when he came out of the draft in 2020. And um, I just think that having a guy like Roquan Smith is going to help him elevate his level, uh, elevate his level of play. And I think he'll be more consistent down the stretch in doing that. He, he really um, had a great game today. Yeah, I have no issues with Patrick Queen. Patrick Queen played like a madman in this one. He was literally all over the field, like you said. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure he got a game ball uh, from Hobbs in the locker room as well. I'm, I'm going to yeah. give my other game ball to Marlon Humphrey. Marlon, you know, he was, in, he was a part of two separate turnovers. He gets the interception. He gets the fumble recovery. Uh, 
again, it means a lot for me to be able to have that versatility uh, to be able to play the outside and nickel corner. And it's the fact that yet again, he continues to just do whatever he's asked to do. I, I, I still think Marlon is making a case to be the best player on this defense. On a year where the Ravens have a lot of guys on that side of the ball that's having a great year, Marlon just his isn't always statistical, just which is really the case for cornerbacks in general. It's tough to really gauge cornerbacks by their numbers um, because usually the better they do, the least you hear from them because quarterbacks yep. don't really want to test them. Uh, but Marlon, I, I, I just think he's been consistent all year. I mean, he's always there, and you really don't want to test him on short yardage throws because he, he's looking to jump those type of routes. Baker just – you would imagine Baker would know that considering he's played against these guys so many times, but Baker is going to do Baker Mayfield type of things. Uh, I, I just I just thought Marlon Humphrey played his ass off in this game. And I hate the Marlon disrespect. Uh, you know, too many times we start to see people's top ten lists, and Marlon's like nowhere near these lists. And I find it very disrespectful. I don't think Marlon has given up any touchdowns this, this season as of yet. So, why you know, why is he not the standard? <laughs> Shouldn't that be the standard? I mean, I don't understand. You would uh, imagine. Why that's the case, you know. So, you know, give Marlon Humphrey his flowers. Okay? That's what, that's what I got to say about that. Give Marlon Humphrey his flowers. He deserves them, quite frankly. Um, I'm going to give my pat on the hat to the punter, Jordan Stout. I mean, listen, it was an ugly game. <laughs> Seven punts. But all, you know, his punts were really good. I feel like he's getting better week to week. And I think that when you have a mentor like Sam Cook, who obviously we know is one of the great punters that this game has seen, that is very helpful. So, you know, in a game like this, you really need your special teams to step up. And I really feel like Jordan Stout did that in such an ugly win today. No, I totally agree. I mean, it's, t it's tough to argue with that. I mean, seven punts. Uh, he, is, he, had, he had four four of his seven punts ended up inside the 20. You know, that's that's yeah. that's what you want. You know, you got to add a long of 52 at a, a 52 yard or so. Yeah, I, I got no issues with that. Um, I, I'm sitting here trying to figure out somebody else to give a game ball to. I don't know if I have any. I really don't know if I have anybody else. Uh, maybe I'll give it to Mike McDonald, um, who, again, just okay. continues to have his defense ready to play. Uh, these guys came out, and we, you know, as, even though we know Carolina isn't that isn't a good offense, they took away the one thing that they're good at, and they took it away from them pretty early and never gave it back. Um, I, I, I think Mike McDonald continues to impress, and, yeah, he had a, a rocky start. At the start of the season, a couple of blown leads that were joint efforts. The defense took a lot of the blame for some of those blown games, especially the one against the Dolphins. Uh, but yeah. I think it was a combination of a lot of things. But the defense definitely wasn't good to start the season. And they are night and day difference right now. Uh, and I think Mike McDonald just continues to show that he can uh, adjust with the best of them. He can get his guys ready to play. He can put together a really good game plan. And he's not trying to do too much. It would have been easy for, I think, him to come out and try to be overly aggressive 
against this Carolina offense because they don't have a lot of weapons that scare you. So this is the type of game where he could have came out there and just like, look, we're going to blitz these guys to death. That's what we're going to do. Yep. And we're going to see what, what they can do. And sure, he had a couple of blitzes in there, but they never really got outside of themselves. They never really tried to do too much. And I, I think that's a credit to him. Is it, can, can I do something different? And can I throw a tomato? Oh, of course. I, I want to throw a tomato to the refs. I'm to, I, I hate this Jerome word. Jerome Booger? Booger again? Uh, Booger, 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 tomato, tomato, whatever you want to call it. Roll, <laughs> Booger, I don't care. I don't. I'm going to mess up his name the way he messes up roughing, okay? I'm going to mess it up because I am tired. Why would you go to a commercial break to review something only to come back and tell me it's not reviewable? Right. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. I, what are we doing? I, I, I don't know why that took so long. I don't. I really don't know why that review Thank took you. so long. I don't know why the review on the punt on on the punt took so long as well, where the, where Harv challenged because they called it a touchback, oh and and he thought that it was inside, and Harv's ended up would have been he ended up right, uh, but I, right. I just didn't understand why that review took so long. Maybe it was a rules type of thing, but it's always something when Boger is in town, no matter what team it is you're, you're rooting for. If he's refereeing your favorite team's game you know that the referees are going to probably have somewhat of an impact on that game because they can't help themselves. But, yeah, I, I, I will agree. I'll throw a tomato right with you at Boger and the rest of that and the rest of that staff because it wasn't Boger that threw, <laughs> that, uh, that threw the flag on the James Crochet holding. I thought that was an atrocious yeah. call. They rewarded Flopping right there. And not to mention Lamar is like 10 yards past, past Prochet and the guy before the ref throws the flag, it was just, that was just bad. I, I don't know, man. But uh, yeah, those, all the entire referee crew gets a tomato for me. Yeah, I, I, I hated that call, that holding call. It really was annoying. Like, I, I just could not understand why, what did you see that made you think that that was holding? But whatever. Yeah, and, and the, the reviewable call, I'm just like, come on, man. I, look, and it's funny because we saw, like, um, videos and, and, and pictures of, of Coach Harbaugh talking to him before the game. And I was like, I know he over there saying, hey, don't do not do nothing stupid. They don't call nothing stupid. Well, guess yeah. what? He called something dumb today, quite a few times. So, you know, it is what it is. And and they get he gets the tomatoes from me because every time this crew comes around, it's always something. Always. Always. <laughs> I'm tired of it. Thank you guys so much for listening. We truly appreciate you. We will be back on Wednesday to talk some more football with you. So thank you for joining and make sure you tune in. So from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive.